Hey everyone, this is Ray Hilbert, your host here at Bottom Line Faith. We hope that during this time of the global pandemic that you and yours are safe and sound. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be presenting to you some of the best of episodes that we have recorded over the last few years here at Bottom Line Faith. We're doing this in order to bring you some of the best high-profile and specialized speakers to help you navigate this crisis in your leadership in the marketplace. We'll be back with you soon with some new episodes of Bottom Line Faith, but for now, we hope and pray that this episode will be of tremendous value to help you live out your faith in the marketplace. And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, David A.R. White, founder of PureFlix. How do you know if a dream is a God-given dream? Well, one of the things is that that first step is going to be bigger than you. Because God wants it to be bigger, you know. He wants you to have to depend on Him to have to achieve that thing. And then there's a good chance that it's really from Him. Well, hey, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert. I'm your host here at Bottom Line Faith, and uh, we'd like to welcome you to another version of the program where if, if you're a regular subscriber to the program, you know that we get to travel the country and we get to talk with some of America's top thought leaders, uh, business uh, owners, CEOs, company leaders, uh, athletes and coaches. And today we are near Hollywood, California, and we are at the headquarters for PureFlix. David A.R. White is our guest today, and David is the founder of PureFlix, actor, producer, and screenwriter. David, welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So Appreciate we it. met originally a few years ago. You spoke at our Truth at Work conference, yeah. and uh, it was so great. You, you talked about um, kind of the dream the dream that God's allowed you to live. And I want to talk about that today. And I also want to talk about um, the business side of what you do. But most importantly, and what we do here at Bottom Line Faith is we talk about the integration of faith and work and how we should influence culture in the marketplace. So share with our audience a little bit of your background. You didn't grow up here in Southern California, of course, but where'd you grow up? A little bit of your journey and how you ended up here. I am, uh, I'm from a little town outside of Dodge City, Kansas and uh, uh, Mead. They, they get mad at me because I never mentioned their name. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start mentioning their name, Mead Kansas. Props to Mead. Props to Mead. And, you know, I, I grew up as a Mennonite. And the joke is that uh, uh, my father was a Mennonite pastor. And you know, the joke is the Mennonites make the Mormons look like a pack of hell's angels. <laughs> okay. So uh, I grew up conservative. I saw one movie in the theater the first 18 years of yeah. my life. Yeah. And um, worked on a farm. And I remember sitting out in the middle of, of a wheat field and had this thing inside of me that I couldn't get out of me that was to go into the entertainment industry. Okay. And it made no sense, obviously, you know, a guy like me, um, I, I think I was the farthest, you know, from where the last person on the planet that probably should have gone in the entertainment industry. But I think that that's the way God works is that he takes the, the, the lowly, you know, the people who yeah. really, it doesn't make any sense that that guy or those people should do and go on to do what they do. And and uh, and so I moved to, my, my parents and my family had all gone to Moody Bible Institute right after high school. So I went there for a year and um, and where they had all graduated and met their significant others. And, and it was kind of encouraged that I was gonna do the same thing. And so I broke the mold though. I was the last kid 
uh, out of three of us. And my my mother met my father, my brother met his wife, my sister met her husband, and and then I called my parents on the flip side after a year, and I said, Dad, I want to leave Bible school and I want to go to Hollywood to be an actor. And Dad said, Yeah, <laughs> and that's pretty much what happened. I it was like, Hello, Dad, are you there? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, I think I would have the same response even yeah. from even even being here in Hollywood when my my kids say, "Hey, they want to go do this thing," you know, you're not thinking. My dad's a Mennonite pastor, and his kid wants to leave Bible school after one year to go pursue this thing that you know I had told my parents this growing up, but they never really understood or you know. They couldn't comprehend yeah. like why would you do that? Yeah. That that's that's a dream that you know it's like being a race car driver or you, you want to be president of the United States. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely do that. You know, yeah. not thinking you'd ever go do it. So you came out here. Was you roughly nineteen? I was nineteen. Yeah. Yep. So you you had a pretty big break pretty early on, right? And, yeah. And ended up on a major sitcom. Uh, how did that come about? How how bad was the struggle when you first got out? You know, walk yeah. us through those early days. No, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I was 19, didn't know anybody. I uh, I moved into an apartment or, you know, the single uh, with, um, with a buddy that I had met randomly who happened to work for Tony Robbins, who was super positive. So I moved into the kitchen. I put my little twin bed in the kitchen <laughs> and he lived in the living room. Okay. Cause they're like single apartment, you know, right on the beach basically. And, uh, and we worked at the airport and, and but right away I, I just hopped in kind of, and, and he kind of took me under his wings and he's, you know, and to encourage me to just go for it. And so I ended up on a television show called Evening Shade with Burt Reynolds, a uh, recurring role on there for almost, for about three years and just played the best friend of the sun. So enjoyed that. Got fired by Burt Reynolds, which, you know, that's another whole story. Um, and then, uh, and then, but in the process of that, what I did was I got, I got cast as in some of these Christian films. Yeah. And randomly, I just, you know, heard about these auditions. And of course you go to all kinds, you go to every audition, you know? And, and I went to this audition and got this movie and, and then I did another one. And then I got these different um, um, faith, you know, um, just these, these Christian organizations started calling me to star in their, you know, like Concerned Women for America. You know, I did a, a thing on okay. abstinence. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so you kind of began to develop a brand, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't on. say a brand. I mean, you know, there's just like these little movies, yeah. you know, these yeah. 30 minute movies, um, yeah. Youth for Christ, The Crossing, yeah. Yeah. that uh, for this the genre that really didn't exist very much yeah. other than Sunday school. Billy Graham kind of did it. Obviously, he did it, you know, where he, he would have them out. You know, they'd make the worldwide pictures um, one every you know, a year or yeah, two, yeah. wasn't a lot. Right. But in the process of that, I kind of felt like the first one I felt great. I did it. And now I'm done with that. And I'm going to go back to my TV show. Cause that's, you know, more lucrative yeah. and fun. Yeah. And, you know, and, and at this time, Leo DiCaprio was next door to us. And so we would hang out with Tobey Maguire and all of these like young stars, Hillary Swank. And, you know, and of course they went on to massive careers and then the Lord took me into the Christian realm. Mm-hmm. He, he, he proceeded to, to put inside of me this hunger, this desire to, I guess, trailblaze a genre yeah. that 
I always believe existed, but just nobody gave it credit mm -hmm. to do, mm -hmm. which is kind of like, you know, in a way, I think that's also kind of like, I feel like that, that was my life too. I always believed that I, I was an actor. I always believed that I was an enter, you know, in entertainment, but Hollywood just didn't. And I mean, you know what I'm saying? After like Evening yeah. Shade and Fired, I, I mean, I did, I did guest spots in different TV shows all through my 20s. But in a way, my career, you know, as you got Leo catapulting and Toby and they're, you know, and Hillary, they're, they're all taken off around me. And mine was like, you know, it, it was up and then it was like, you know, this free fall. I almost went on a free fall. Okay. And in the middle of that, Hollywood, I think, also goes, you know, the door is open for young blood, yeah, so to speak, for a while. And then the doors slowly start to close on people. And and that's what was happening to me, even though even though I was it's not like I was closing to it, but I was also in addition, pursuing this thing that the Lord had put into my heart about, hey, go produce movies, go, go be in the entertainment, you know, in the Christian yeah. trailblaze a way that they're, you know, and I always thought, well, the Christian film industry needs to be like the Christian music industry. And we're like 20 years behind in a way. Because, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that, remember that hit like oh, yeah. in the, I think in the 80s, 90s, like it kind of caught wind. And then all of a sudden all the mainstream yeah. studios were like, oh yeah. And it actually started sounding better. I mean, yes. It had the quality there, it had the storyline, yep. and I think that I'm seeing, and I'm certainly no expert at all, but I'm seeing the same happen, at least as I'm watching, the quality. I mean, yeah. we're sitting in front of the, the backdrop here for the, yeah, the God's... Yeah, really the God's bizarre not, guy looking at us. Yeah, the, the God's Not Dead, Light in the Darkness, which just uh, recently opened, the, the, the third part of the trilogy. The quality, the acting, the production, I mean, just my eye test, and I'm just, I guess I'm your customer, right? It was amazing. It was the best I've seen. So you really, and that's really part of what I wanted to kind of venture into in this conversation is you truly are an entrepreneur because you were creating a pathway. You were in many ways on the front edge of creating an industry that really didn't exist. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, obviously there was, I, again, I don't want to take sole credit and I'm not the only creator of PureFlix. Just let me clarify that sure. too. You know, there was Michael Scott, Russell Wolf, and myself, yeah. three guys in a garage started, started this company. And, um, but it's the same way with the Christian faith-based industry is that, of course, I didn't start it. Right. I didn't, you know, right. I'm just one of the guys yeah. that go, that went and made a lot of these films. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the process of it, as, you know, as Cloud 10 was, you know, they were doing it in the 90s with their features. They would get a lot of credit now if they were still really doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, of course, you have Rich Cristiano was the other one that was doing them. But in 2005, we felt the need to, that there was no Christian distributors. And we weren't the first to come in, you know, but we're still here. And I think we've been around the longest for for being which is why, uh, you know, we're voted number one, you know, faith, family, production and distribution studio in, you know, in this arena yeah. is because obviously we've released more movies than, than you know, than anybody else. C could we talk about that just for a moment? Because uh, I'm so I'm such a novice on how this works. You know, I go sure. and I sit in the theater and I watch. Uh, well, recently I, I happen to watch God's Not Dead, too. And I remember the first part of it, you know, Universal Studios logo comes up and then Pure Flix comes up and then it's got some other company names. So to a novice like me who yeah. really doesn't understand how all that works, would you explain to me and to us the business side? You know, what's a 
studio versus a production company, distribution? Just educate sure. us a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I mean, what you saw basically is um, there's a lot of companies that that all meld together and do. So when you see, you know, the latest Transformers movies, you'll see about 15 yeah. companies, different yeah. companies. Yeah. And a lot of them are financial people who put the money into them, you know, and so they get their logos in there. And then there's normally there's one distributor for it all, though. Okay. The main distributor. And is that the primary role for Pure Flix distribution? Yes. Okay, yeah. got it. Yes. That is you. the primary role. Now, when you see God's Not Dead 2, for example, yeah. our home entertainment we put through Universal. Now, we basically do all the marketing ourselves. We run most, you know, Universal comes in and, and then they have their own outputs through, yeah. you know, um, through a lot of the different avenues. So we piggyback with them and then go into to the different outlets. So yeah, does that make sense? It but does. on the theatrical, it's yeah. all PureFlix. PureFlix does it completely. Got it. Um, and then, you know, and then it goes down the, down the line. On the business side then, how does it go from, you know, a, a, a script being produced mm -hmm. to financing to actual production? Just give us a real, you sure. know, yeah. I think this is a great opportunity for, because I don't ever hear these questions being asked yeah. of people in the No, business. it's interesting because there's obviously the, the thing that I learned about Hollywood early on was that, that there's no one way okay. in a lot of ways. You know what I'm saying? There's no one way to, to make it. So okay. to speak, okay. you know, that's the big key word in Hollywood that everybody's like, well, when do you make it? You know, how do you make it? Um, for an actor, you make it when you're on, you, when you make, you know, somehow when you land on a television show that lasts a certain amount of time to where you're, you become a household brand, so to speak. But that goes in different ways, whether it's in movies, whether it's in, you know, you started a company, whether, you know, in all kinds of different ways. For example, this movie, we bring a writer in, they come up with concepts, they write something out. Um, we work with those writers. For this one, we went through multiple writers to get to what we felt we were supposed to do. Obviously, PureFlix is, is about prayer. Lord, what do you want us to do? Um, show us, you know, make this movie what you want it to be, yeah. which, uh, you know, starts at the theme and the heart of the movie. So with this movie, it was like, what is the theme of this movie? Well, God's Not Dead 1 was all about faith being challenged on a college campus. 2 was about truth being challenged. And then it went into the public sphere, yeah. right? The public. And then this one, you know, eventually we thought, well, where do you go from, as you're expanding out, the next place is Supreme Court. Yeah. So we tried that. But it, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And looking back over this decade, okay, it's one of this dark social political divisive time, right? Everybody's yelling, no one's listening. I think that's maybe what this movie's supposed to be about. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be about, okay. So you go backwards, right? You work that script out then to match that. Then the script's done, now you raise money. Or in the process, you're raising money as you're writing the script. So you're going to actual investor, individual, mm -hmm. or investment groups, I assume. No, we do independent. We okay. do independent investors. We've okay. always done that. And, okay. and I think is, you know, it's certainly a hard thing to do. It's remarkable that PureFlix has been able to sustain itself in the midst of, you know, everything. Because yeah. as a business, as an independent business, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult. It's definitely been an interesting thing about, you know, anytime you 
have independent investors and and you know you got to return their income you have to make make sense yes especially in the entertainment com community and business because the entertainment industry is a really tough industry and it's most of the time it's a screwy industry and so what we've done really you know i think well is um and it's certainly not easy. I mean, we've certainly had our, our failures at it too. Yeah. But to to try to make these movies to where they are at least recoupable. So people come in with them with the greater vision of it all, where they're not gonna lose money, but hopefully hopefully it's also an investment that turns around. And quite frankly, obviously the God's Not Dead, you know, series did that. Um, the first one was extraordinary, and so let's talk about the the whole process you mentioned about the the first about well, the first movie. Yeah, I mean that first movie. You know, it, it's because I I was talking about before how how Hollywood really forgot you know forgot me, but also didn't even know Pure Flix even existed even after eight nine years of releasing DVD movies primarily is what we were doing. So that first movie comes along, we almost have to mortgage our company to raise the money to put it in theaters. I mean, that was a big thing because we were releasing DVDs at the time and all of a sudden we felt, okay, the Lord say, lead us to the, to the fact that, okay, we want you now to release movies in theaters. It's like, you know, God kind of expands our territory and then he pushes things further and further out. You know, I talk about that in my book, um, the whole thing about how do you know if a dream is a God-given dream? Well, one of the things is that that first step, it's gonna be bigger than you. Because uh -huh. God wants it to be bigger, you know. He wants you to have to depend on him to have to achieve that thing. And then there's a good chance that it's really from him, you know, and mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. so for us, it was like, okay, great. Take, take this movie, God's Not Dead, into the theaters. Okay, Lord, we need $7 million. How are we gonna get that? And, you know, and we worked all the way up to the release and then finally, oh, basically put our, put our, part of our company in the blocks, mortgaged ourselves. God brought in the money at the end. The movie came out, of course, rocked to everybody's world that opening weekend. And then we got calls Monday morning from Hollywood with the two big questions of who is Pure Flix and what is God's Not Dead? And it was beautiful. And then all of a sudden we were rebirthed. Yeah. David White, you know, existed again. Yeah. You know, we, I'd been in the desert for a long time, <laughs> you know, but all of a sudden I was relevant. And I think that's yeah. the that's the interesting thing about Hollywood is that, and in business though, is that obviously that, you know, God's Not Dead went on, stayed in theaters for 20 weeks, became the number one live action movie of that year of 2014. Yeah. And then became the fifth most profitable movie in cinema history based on its ROI, its return oh, on right? investment. And you know what number four was? I saw one movie in the theater the first 18 years of my life, right? A movie called Grease. <laughs> because I, mean, I was you're, over you're at a, a pretty good I, company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was over at a friend's house and the friend's parents invited me. And I, then when Olivia Newton-John came on the, you know, on the screen, I thought, okay, and I'm for sure going to hell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, but that was number four. Ironically, that's number four. That is, that is Based fantastic. on its ROI, and so, yeah. So, David, what I'd like you to do, there's probably a, a business person, a business owner, a CEO, somebody, an entrepreneur yeah. with an idea right now. And maybe they're frustrated, maybe they're discouraged. Uh, maybe they don't know how God's gonna pull them through. What encouragement would you have for them based on your own journey and your own story? Yeah, it's tough because 
there's no doubt about it. Like it is, business is not easy. You know, when you go in, when you want to create your own business, it's not easy. So know that going into it. However, again, I, I think try to hear from the Lord first that this is something you're supposed to go into. And if you can't let go of this, you know, this thing that's inside of you, A, is it bigger than you? And yeah. but B, is it also, you can't let it go. You know, it just keeps gnawing at the, you know, at your heart yeah. to pursue it. Then there's a good chance that, that maybe that is from God. And you're supposed to put, you know, take those steps toward it. And it doesn't come easy. You got to take all the steps. You got to be excellent at what you, you do. You got to put out a great, if you're putting out product, put out a good product, put out a good, you know, just be the best that you can be and try to get them the best people around you as well, because you also can't do it by yourself yeah. and bring them in. And I think that's what that's what we've been blessed to do is that so many people have come in, you know, from from authors, you know, like Lee Strobel with The Case for Christ to investors who are strong business folks who who also have a heart for what we do yeah. and have lend a lot of, you know, a lot of intelligence along the way um, for us. It's and it's also it's not it's not an easy deal. Like we, yeah. our year second and third year, we went without a salary for almost two years. You know, that's the part people don't realize. Yeah, but entrepreneurs get it. Entrepreneurs do get it. Yeah, they understand. You know, yeah, yeah. and and you know, you read just 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 you know, Google how many entrepreneurs that created something great like KFC. You know, that guy. What happened to that guy? You know. Yeah. He was like 65 when he created yeah. chicken, yeah. I think. After a lot of After failures. After a lot of failures. So yeah. Yeah. don't give up. Keep, you know, keep keep the spirit alive and keep swinging. As you're talking there, I mean, just one of my favorite verses in the scriptures is Psalm 78, 72. It says, David shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands he led them. So as I was hearing you talk, it, the integrity of heart's about putting out that God-honoring, wholesome product that brings him honor that's what you're doing yeah. here but you've got to do it with excellence that's the skillful hands part so you, you can't put out a shoddy product right you really yeah. that's how we give glory to god well you can and then you well, true. you'll get you know you don't last for very that's long right. the mark will, will respond yeah exactly <laughs> you know do your best in everything you know it's like it's that you know be excellent at whatever it is that you put your hand to yeah so what's the most um rewarding and most frustrating part of what you do? Because business people are going to identify with whatever this answer is, but what's most rewarding and what's most frustrating? You know, it's funny because when Hollywood called that Monday morning after God's Not Dead and they all said, well, what are you going to do next? Thinking that we had been doing all of this faith-based stuff to get to somewhere else, to go do something else. And for us, it was a, it was a chance to obviously expand the company. We poured the majority of what came in back into the company and, you know, and then went global with it and went with, you know, pureflix.com is like our version of Netflix and, yeah. and all of these endeavors. Tremendous that, platform, by the way, I'd want to encourage our listeners to subscribe. My yeah. family does. It's really a great value and tremendous entertainment. It's been amazing. I mean, yeah. there's like over 8,000 titles on there now. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and what's astounding there is, you know, over, you know, the, the last month there's like two point, Four million hours consumed wow. by by the folks that are on there, yeah. and you think about okay, well, if they didn't watch that, they'd be watching Netflix, HBO, Showtime, the other ones that you know. Yeah. Not to say that there's they're all bad, but you know, I think I think we're the best. 
<laughs> a shameful plug. No, um, um, what was the question again? I don't remember. I don't even. I forgot. <laughs> we were talking just about doing doing things with excellence, but I had asked what was the most rewarding and what's the most frustrating. Yeah. Oh, that's what your world. Um, so the rewarding part, I think, is to watch the company grow in you know in these areas that I had never imagined it. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't like God put this thing, you know, early, early on. He gave me a very small vision of what what it would be. And then he's allowed it to 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 go out in all these different ways. And so that's been the most rewarding, I think, from the perspective of the performer and, and entertainment lover, you know, to be able to do, you know, films like this to football movies like Woodlawn to, yeah. you know, uh, the end of the world movie, my Rev Road, Revelation Road movies, like to my comedies that I've been able to do. You know, you stay in the Hollywood thing, you're, you're, you're put into a, a little, you know, uh, bubble. They don't, yeah. they don't allow you to do whatever it is that, that's inside of you that goes, oh, I want to do that, I want to do that, I want to do that, you know. So that's been the most rewarding. And I think what the, probably the hardest part of it all has been the, how hard it is. Growing any company is very, very difficult. And um, the amount of meetings that you you do, the amount of sacrifice on your family that it yeah. takes, the amount of um, hard work, um, the amount of failures in the process, that it doesn't go the way that you thought it should go and, and disappointments that come along the way. Yeah, Those things are hard that you have, you know, but God is faithful and one of the things I love about this movie, it's all about, you know, the saying Reverend Dave is God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But what happens when the hurricanes come, the floods come, the children get yeah. sick, your spouse leaves you, you know, you're, you lose your job, like all of these things that do happen in life, even when you have that clear vision of what it is that you're supposed to be doing and you believe that you will do, you know, the enemy seeks to devour, yeah. uh, kill and destroy. And he comes against, especially if you're doing it in the name of the Lord, you know? Yeah. So those are tough times, but, but at the end of all of it, I do believe, um, and you know, and in this film is all about God's faithfulness. Yes, that's right. And hopefully that's what our lives are about is that his, he is faithful. Well, the other thing that's unique is you, you live, you live success and failures in a very public yeah way right and so you get those accolades and you get the criticism and and that's really the also the essence of an entrepreneur because they live in a glass house because people know that they're trying something they're building something yeah and that's what's unique about an entrepreneur and so as you look at your own life and career screenwriter producer actor businessman father husband uh influencer all these things david how do you balance all that yeah it's tricky i mean it is uh you know it's it's, uh, I love the, that line from Jerry Maguire where he goes, it's a, you know, it's an up at dawn, pride swallowing siege, you know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I probably should eliminate some of those things, you know, and I have for the most part, like I don't write anymore and I don't, I don't try to direct anymore. I do produce and act and, and then, you know, help run this company. And so, so, uh, Sounds but I think like it's, a young bull getting a little wiser. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> and more tired. Um, I think it's 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 also you you start to realize that you don't have to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what people are. That's what the you know we have. I think we have about we're probably we're near probably a hundred employees in Pureflex, and you realize that 
they can do it. Yeah. And there's so many, that's, that's also the success of Pure Flix is based on all of those people. Yeah. And it's not, you know, we said that we, sure, we, you know, we helped create it and, and started it from its foundation, but, but without all the people that come along, yeah. you know, it would not be possible. God's word is to work in community, right? And that's, that's the blessing that of that. Is it. Yeah. So uh, let's maybe transition to the last section of the conversation. And I'd like to just kind of do this whole area. I just call it my advice section. Oh, good. Okay. I could use some advice. Well, I was hoping to get some, actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, as you look back over the course of your life and career, what's the best advice anyone's ever given you? What was it? Uh, that's good. Well, in the words of the great Leslie Nielsen. Oh, of airplane fame? <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, yeah, naked gun fan, exactly. Is, uh, this is going to be real spiritual. Uh, well, it, it, it'll be very in-depth. You know, because I ran into him my first day in Los Angeles, and uh, and I said, what is the secret of your success? And he says, "Up, you know, you'll have your ups and your downs, and, every, you know, and your career will go in all different ways. But but what he said, and I think it's so simple, and, and I, I apologize that it couldn't be more profound, is just perseverance, kid. Perseverance is no matter what, persevere, get up in the morning, you know, even when you're depressed, even when you've had maybe, maybe something really bad happened to you the day before. Yeah. Maybe you've lost a lot. Maybe a hurricane or a flood yeah. hits you in, you know, in your business and in, in any kind of way. Um, and persevere and keep going, you know, and never give up. But then there's the spiritual aspect of it. And I think what I found along the way um, was, and in the process of everything that, that I've gone through so far, and I'm not done, you know, um, I've been here for a while, but hopefully I'll be here for a while more, um, is that I let go early of what I wanted for myself. Mm. And I said, Lord, here is what I desire. Here is what, you know, I believe that you've called me to do, but I let go of it to you and you take it and you do with it what you will. And ultimately it's his blessing. He's yeah. got to bless whatever it is that we put our hands forth. We yeah. love to, you know, we love to, to feel like we're, we can plan it all. You know, we have our, our board uh, with, with all the checkpoints on it that we should accomplish and move to and, you know, but in reality, a lot of times God likes to put us in the waiting room to teach us, to stretch us, you know, yeah, to yeah. say, you know, I am God and you are not and wait for me, you know, wait. And in that process of waiting, do we learn what we're supposed to learn? Also, we probably sidestep a lot of things that, you know, we're supposed to sidestep. And, and it's a surrender to him and to his will for our lives. And I think that's where true success comes out of. That's fantastic. That's so encouraging. If you could go back and advise the 20-year-old David A.R. White, mm. what would you say to yourself? Wow. Huh. You know, I, I think I would tell myself to have a little more fun and not stress so much. You know, the, the verse, uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to him. Trust also in him and he will do it is that 
I'm stressed so much about so many situations and so many things that you can't do anything about in, in the grand scheme of things and just relax and, and enjoy it more. Now, that's what I would tell myself. I wouldn't tell it to everybody because some people have too much fun mm -hmm. and they don't focus enough. But I've always been one that, that you know, can't ever get through a day without working. And so that's why I would tell myself that, is to enjoy life a little more. And I love the fact that you're sensitive to that. That may not be the best advice for everybody. <laughs> for everybody, exactly. <laughs> but, but, but I'm sure for a lot of people listening, it's great advice. Like, <laughs> chill out a little bit, right? Yeah. So the last question, my regular subscribers to the program, they, they know this is always the last question that I ask every guest. Oh, wow. And it's based out of Proverbs 4.23, where Solomon writes, Above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows all of life. And so I'd like to just maybe paint the picture, David. You have a chance, uh, you know, on in years, and you're getting near the end of your time, this side of eternity. And you have a chance to gather your family, your friends, and your loved ones around. And you're going to now give them the one piece of advice that you want them to remember wow. for the rest of their lives. So fill in the blank for us, David. Above all else. Well, I like that guard your heart. I think that's really good. Who wrote that? <laughs> you should write a book. <laughs> um, <laughs> wisest man on the planet. Yeah, above all else. Well, I think it goes back to this whole thing about, you know, about let go of what you want for yourself and give it to the Lord. Surrender, you know, surrender those dreams, those desires. Not to say that don't pursue them. I'm not saying that but I'm saying surrender them. So in the pursuit of them, you're still in that place of surrender. And I think God, I think God can't do, we kind of harm ourselves in the process when we stop surrendering ourselves. That's when we get all frustrated. It's when we get all anxious. You know, do not be anxious or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to him and he will direct your paths. Like, like be surrender. Not to say that you have to be, get beat up all the time. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying stop pursuing your dreams or anything like that. But in the process, and, and I'm not saying surrendering to everybody else. Right. I'm saying surrendering to, the, to one person, to one, to the God, to one God, you know, the one true God, Jesus Christ, every day of your life, bend that knee before him and he will direct your paths. That's going to relieve a lot of pressure. It should. David A.R. White, thank you for being on the program yeah, today. Me, right? Well, folks, if you're a, a new listener to the program, be sure to go to the website at bottomlinefaith.org, and uh, you can listen to dozens and dozens of the uh, conversations that we've posted there uh, with leaders from all across the country. You can scroll down to the bottom of the page, become a weekly subscriber, get these delivered right into your mobile device or onto your uh, laptop or whatever the case may be. But we are just grateful to bring to you some of America's top Christ-following leaders in the marketplace. Until next time, I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith, Ray Hilbert, saying God bless and go serve the Lord faithfully in the marketplace. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes.